1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: It is fourth and five for the Niners. Garoppolo in the gun, shotgun snap, they rush five,
3: sets in the pocket, throws down the middle, caught at the 30-yard line, Samuel breaks a tackle, 20, on the numbers, the 10, the 5, they'll chase him into the end zone, touchdown, San Francisco!
2: On fourth and five, they take it in, and it may be the dagger! 40-yard touchdown pass, Garoppolo to Samuel, and it's 30 to 7
1: Oh, it was the dagger, although I felt like it was over even before that moment. So much for the Rams going all in. Since they traded for Vaughn Miller, they are and 2 Last night was Vaughn Miller's debut, along with Odo Beckham Jr., and it was arguably their ugliest loss of the season, owned by the San Francisco 49ers. Good morning, Christopher. It's BFT Live. Here we are on Peacock, NBCSN Re-Air, Sky Sports at 7 p.m. UK time. Hello to our good friends in the UK and in Ireland. Hello to everyone who listens on the podcast, sees the clips, wherever, whenever, however. Probably not a lot of Rams fans watching today. Probably a lot of media blackouts by Rams fans today. They're not interested in hearing anything that anyone has to say about a team that is quarterbacked by a former Lions quarterback who has brought some of that Lions with him the last couple of weeks. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, I think the big thing last night, and we
2: know we'll get into the specifics, but I mean, as far as the Rams and what you're talking about right there, I mean, out-coached, out-hit, and just, hey, at the bottom line, like too much Hollywood bull crap going on there in L.A. right now. I don't care who you are. You know, I don't, you know, we, they, they lo- the Cardinals lose on a Thursday night. Everybody looks at the Rams going, Ooh, they might be the best team in football. Uh, of course, the Von Miller deal happens. And everything's just been about everything other than football since then. And they were asleep at the wheel. And Matt Stafford didn't play well, of course, against the Titans. And that was the same thing last night. You know, it was more than a Matthew Stafford problem, certainly. I know he didn't get them off to the best start in the world. Uh, But either way, I mean, I think there's more to it than than just that. And uh, they've obviously been a little into their headlines and how great we're going to be and all that. They got punched in the mouth last night by the 49ers for sure.
1: Yeah, a lot more... Style and substance exactly. last night. Right. And, and the way it started, it was exciting. Five-yard pass to Odo Beckham Jr. Right. Daryl Henderson with a nice little run. Pass to Cooper Cup. And then they dial up that deep ball. And the thing I love about the deep ball when you're watching it on TV, you have no idea. And this, no. Th- th- look, that was a nice little five-yard gain. Here we go. This is the first drop. But here's the play, the play action. When the quarterback drops back, and looks down and says, boom, there it goes. You don't know where it's coming down. You don't know. And then it's, uh-oh, uh-oh. Two guys there. Odo Beckham Jr. stops running. Miscommunication of some sort. And that was the gut punch. And it felt like the Rams never recovered from that moment. No, they were you know, the right. The 49ers turn around with an 11-minute drive, take the lead, and, and that was it. They never woke up. They they like gave up after that first drive, and I'm not saying they quit. Right, we got but it you. It just it just felt like it felt like one team had all the effort, all the desire, all the physicality. And the other team checked out when when the plan that they had coming in failed them. They yeah. never pivoted to another plan that allowed them to even remotely get back into it. Well, yeah, I mean, Mike, we talk about this a
2: lot, right? I mean, one team was desperate and has had nothing but negative written about them. Kyle Shanahan's the worst. Jimmy Garoppolo's the worst. The Niners are crap. They've lost, what was it, four out of five. Crap, 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 crap. I mean, they hear that. They understand what's being said about oh, them. Oh, they
1: don't listen to it. No, yeah, they don't listen to the outside of course, noise. of course
2: not. Of course not. And then on the other you know, side of that spectrum, even though coming off a loss to the Titans, uh, everybody was telling the Rams, man, you guys are amazing. All the stars, everything. So just the psychological you know, uh, analysis of that right there tells you that one team was ready to go and ready to fight. The other team kind of is like, hey, we're we're the Rams. We got stars everywhere. We're just going to show up, and we're going to be good. We're going to be better than you. And, you know, certainly that was not a good play there. You know, the one thing I'll say, too – And I know I am a little bit of an OBJ defender here, but the one thing he didn't give up on the route, right? I mean, at least it didn't look like that to me. He's running down the field, and I don't know, Pete, if you could replay that play one more time. But like here, you know, he he's he's running his route, he's covered, and you know when he looks back, Matthew Stafford's not in the traditional spot. And I the replay is even better once we show it but he turns to his left like it's going to be scramble drill here. I think that's what it was more than anything. Look, he's going, okay, nobody give me the ball. Look, he stops. He breaks out to the sideline thinking, "Wait, maybe he ran out that way and he's going to throw me a ball there." It wasn't a give up on the route. I didn't necessarily like how they,
1: you know, uh well, put put him in on it, put that it, on on, it, in, on the on the telecast. Sorry, Mike. it was definitely a miscommunication. Yeah. yeah. And, and I guess if he would have thrown it earlier, he may have had him down the sideline. It just, it just did, it didn't look good. And No, it and didn't. Hey, OBJ, had, the nice fire. Little, right. OBJ had a nice little, nice little tackle on the back end, which advances a You're theme right. that we'll be discussing later in the program as it relates to quarterbacks making effort after a turnover. But that was a frustration hit, too. Uh, look, Sean McVay wanted to drive the fancy new car i said that yesterday pft live and pft pm they're going to use this guy they are going to make sure that he is added to the offense and that the ball comes his way and they had that one play the nifty little design where you know they were flaring him out of the backfield they were putting him in motion they were forcing the defense to account for him and he drew enough attention that it popped cooper cup wide open but that was one play one play. And then eventually, once they fell behind and they started to kick it into overdrive, no Odell Beckham Jr. because one point they made last night that I thought was fascinating, they had to huddle all the time with OBJ. They couldn't right. do all their stuff at the line of scrimmage because Beckham is still learning. Sure. And and that in and of itself tells you maybe he shouldn't have been playing as much as he was if he's not ready to fit into the Rams' offense the way the Rams want to play offense, why is he on the field then? Why not just wait until they come out of their bye week and they go to Green Bay to play the Packers? So the, it, it just felt like they were trying too hard to make a splash with OBJ. And when that fell flat and on top of it, they got their asses kicked up front by the 49ers offensive line. Yeah, it just it just felt it just felt like they they never could get it going. Now, at one point, it was 14 to seven and it got a little interesting, but you know, the 49ers never relented on their physicality, and it was just one of those nights. And this is how we praised the 49ers a couple of years ago. They have these badasses who don't need to tackle to the ground in practice. They roll out of bed ready to go hit someone hard. That kind of came through for the first time in a long time for the 49ers last night. It, it did. I think it's a, like, you know, uh, 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 like a little bit of a a wake-up call
2: to all of us. Like, you know, again, I know it hasn't been pretty with the 49ers. Uh, I, I get that. Uh, but But – you know, let's not totally sleep on this team. There's some talent here. You know, they're they're getting healthy, especially on the offensive side of the ball with Kittle back. You know that helps out their football team a lot. Trent Williams back healthy. You know, you're seeing the running back position a little healthier. So they're definitely one of those teams that I know is out of the playoff picture right now. But I would go. I'd watch out for the 49ers as we go down this go down the stretch. You know, the defense is good. It's not great. It's not the 2019 Super Bowl defense for sure. You know that. Yes, but still got. You know, some studs up front. You got, in my opinion, still the best middle linebacker in football. You know, some safeties that throw their body around to what you're talking about there. There's a physicality element. They're never going to step on a field and be bullied, the 49ers. That's the one thing. They're not going to be scared of the fight. So, you know, between that and what you see on the field and then, you know, Shanahan. That, you know, last night, that's, that's you know what you would say. He cracked the code. That was a Shanahan special right there. That really was. He called the game and had a game plan that was perfect to go against the Los Angeles Rams, who are not deep on defense. They're not deep on offense. think that's why they had to play Odell a little bit. They're just, we've talked about this before the year. This is the one concern with them. It's a 22-man team, basically, in L.A. I know there's a few other guys, but you got, everybody out there knows what I'm trying to say. But when when Shanahan can... You know, find a wrinkle or a play or a group of plays in a formation that expose a defense. Uh, that, That is when he is really dangerous. It really is. And not only was that best for his football team and playing behind an offensive line that's dominant. And of course, yeah, running backs are healthy and Kittle's back and he's a great run blocking tight end but it also plays to the weakness of the Rams. And to me, that was what was sh- great about Shanahan. Not was it only great about his offensive game planning, but it was the proper approach to the game against the Rams where, yeah, you don't want to be dropping back 40 times a game against the Rams. And that group, and Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and now Von Miller and everybody, that, that's a way you can win a game or or lose a game and dominate. But yet, yeah, we're throwing the ball too much, and they get a few strip sack sumb- fumbles or a pick six. So uh, for all the crap Kyle Shanahan's taken – you know, I'm here to sit and say, you know,
1: up yours, everybody. This is what he's well, capable well, of, and let's Chris, see where it goes. Yeah, it, I know, right. I know, but, but let's do it. Let's do it a little more often. Yeah, there's a reason why. Sure. people were criticizing him. 19 and 37. When you take away 2019, eight games under 500. I'm not saying he's When you include I know. 2019, I I eight you. straight losses at home. Right. This wasn't just made up BS. I almost said the full word. This there was justification for it, and to the extent that he needs that. To have a game like last night that's a him problem not an us problem okay to the extent that he needs to be called out for not being good if that's what lights his fuse then he needs to get a better fuse I, i'm not disagreeing needs not to disagree play, with he you needs there. to coach that way all the time i'm not disagree that, with you what, what happened last night reminded me of what i said to josh allen the defensive end after the jaguars beat the bills it's like bringing home straight a's for the first time and you're proud of yourself and your parents say where the hell has this been all year and now I expect it all the time. And the kid's like, what? Yeah, you showed us what you can do. Why the hell haven't you been doing it? And are you going to keep doing well, it? Because the, the, the opportunity yeah. for the sixth seed and the seven seed, and maybe even the five seed, if the Rams keep sucking, frankly, maybe the five seed's in play now. I mean, not that long ago, it looked like there were six teams that you could pencil in or even put in ink in the playoffs in the NFC. That's down to five, and maybe it's down to four: the Cardinals, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Cowboys. For the other three spots, mad scramble for the final eight weeks of the season because the Rams are falling off, the Saints have fallen off, the it, and and it's an opportunity. For the 49ers to rise up and take one of those spots. No doubt. No
2: doubt. I mean, I, I still think the Rams are going to be in the mix of this. I, I don't think they're going to go away. They're gonna a little funk. There, there's no doubt about that. You know, again, hey, last night, they never got the game where they wanted it to be. I mean, they never got a chance to. They kind of screw it up just like they did the week before to where it never they never get a chance to play to their strengths. I think that's the biggest issue. I mean, you throw a screen pass to, you know, Tyler Higbee who, you know, couldn't catch a cold running you know, naked through Alaska last night. All right. I mean, and that you know, then you are 14 nothing. Yeah. 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 That's a that's where my old coach, Coach Mike Miel. Couldn't catch a cold running bare ass through Alaska. Okay, there you go. That's what he used to say if the receiver dropped the ball too much. But it's hard. I don't care who you are. You know, down fourteen nothing against a team that's got talent and of course is desperate and understands you a little bit I mean Shanahan understands Raheem Morris what he wanted to do on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Sh- Shanahan and D'Amico Dem- uh, Ryan they understood you know how the Rams wanted to attack them to degree. So listen, Mike, I'm not pushing back. I'm not trying to make total excuses. I was just trying to say that was a good statement win for them. I know there's been issues there. I'm not saying he's perfect. They've had a lot of injuries. Yeah, and they've had some players that haven't come through, and that's also Shanahan's fault. I get that, but that was still a great game last night, and it just shows what they're capable of. That's all I was trying to say there before you got personally mad at me and attacked me.
1: uh, That's all right. I hadn't (laughs) done it in a while, and it felt good. They have opportunities coming up at Jacksonville. The Vikings come to town, and then a Sunday night game at Seattle. So they've got some chances to reestablish themselves and pursue – a wild card berth in the NFC and the way things are going in both conferences. Somebody's gonna get hot down the stretch. Somebody's going to to figure out who they are and develop some consistency in December and carry it into January. But even then, whenever a team starts to get good this year, it feels temporary. I made the observation last night. It's gonna come down to who stays healthy. Who gets lucky? Yeah. Who can crack a code from time to time, and who benefits from the inevitable periodic horse crap officiating calls? Because they'll be a factor as well, unless they improve that aspect of the broader game. So a lot of teams are alive. This is Pete Rozelle's dream come to full fruition. There isn't a dominant team yeah, in the conference. It. Right. There isn't a team that that it's there. You know, every year or yeah. so, there is a team of destiny. There is no team of destiny. This year, they're all still scrambling and fighting and punching and hoping and trying to get through the low points and find their way to the high points. And the low points had happened for the 49ers, and now they're trying to turn it around. And uh, the low point is here for the L.A. Rams. Consider this. It was the first win at home in 393 days for the San Francisco 49ers. Week six of last season was the last time they won at Levi's Stadium. It was... Also the and this this is what's amazing for as much as the 49ers have struggled Sean McVay has lost 5 in a row yeah. to Kyle Shanahan one of the great coaching rivalries it's not a rivalry if the other side isn't winning once in a while to the point where it spawned <laughs> this tweet last night which sorry Sean Sean, even you have to laugh at that. That That's is just good. beautiful. That is perfect because it takes you a second or two to understand what's going on there. The the Shanahan family photo, and there's Sean oh, smiling. I love it. That's a great
2: picture. And, it really is. Great family uh, right there. Great family. They, they yeah. love McVay. They do. They have a lot of respect for him. Uh, but yeah, he's got his number right now, definitely. I mean, understands, I think, what McVay's trying to do offensively every time, and of course. You know, maybe the personal aspect of the relationship and the and the competitive desire there gets back to a little bit of what you're saying too. It fuels the fire in Shanahan to, you know, want to make sure he doesn't lose to him or he comes up with a few extra wrinkles that every week. Yeah, I know. Him every we'll see. Week. We'll see. Hopefully they can. I mean, we've seen we've seen glimmers of it before. Certainly. Uh, But, yeah, I thought that was a very impressive win by the the 49ers. And I think you said it right. There is no dominant team in all of football. I think that's the one thing this past weekend has finally taught us. You know, we were all looking for who's the best team, who is it, who are the two or three best, I I don't know. I don't know. What we do have is like, uh, you know, eight, seven, eight teams who are real good, but nobody's dominant or like the cream of the crop or stands out. There's a few that have the potential to do that but we haven't seen that and that's been a little bit all over the place and that's sometimes because of execution or teams aren't quite healthy yet so it's a big month as we know and we'll see where it all goes from hey, here
1: a, a little a little sneak peek of the power rankings this week and I always work on them during Monday night football with the rams losing number one team plays in Nashville yeah i don't, I don't, don't think it's hard comment. not
2: to pick them i get you yeah. i get you yeah they're the most consistent They don't mess up. They don't screw themselves over on a weekly basis. And, you know, they're physical, well-coached. And, you know, if you crack the door open or make a mistake like we saw with the Saints last week, even though they didn't play their best, they take advantage of it. And uh, that's all you can ask of a football team. So I'm with you. I, I would probably put Tennessee as the number one team in football right now, too. Hard not to, really.
1: They're in that vibe where they bring their best every week. Seems They're like ready it. to go right. every week. They right. learned a valuable lesson losing to the Jets, I think, and they have slipped into this mode where they understand. We hear about that 1-0 and cliche. Every week we just want to go 1-0. and They're the one team right now that is managing to pull it off on a regular basis with six straight wins. Let's go back to the 49ers who yeah. got their much-needed home win. We've talked about what Kyle Shanahan was trying to do. Let's hear directly from the man himself after he got the victory over his son, Sean.
3: <laughs> Our goal, we said 40, um, which I almost regretted. It. It's tough to do, but I'm glad I said it now. So they came through with it, and it was a huge team goal, and it worked out well enough that way that we could do it.
2: I mean, 40 does seem like an absurd number. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, why did you, you pick 40? 40.
3: Um, really just get our minds that way. Um, you know, well, I do say that sometimes, but I always say 30. Um, but I said 40 today because um, 40 entails the whole team. And um, the defense has to play that way. The OS has to play that way. The special teams have to play that way. And you have to do good on third down. Um, You've got to get turnovers, and you can't turn it back, so you steal some possessions that allows you to do it. Um, and it was just really cool that um, the whole team played a way that you could dictate it that way.
1: And it wasn't just 40. It was 44 total rushing attempts, 156 yards with only 19 passes. Long drives as well. 88, 91, 41, and 61 yards for the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, look, this is the formula that we saw in the playoffs a couple of years ago. This was the Jimmy Garoppolo freaked out Kyle Shanahan, so let's just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And this is... Hey, I'm a big fan of balance. This is too much one way. It worked for one night. Right. It doesn't feel like this is something that if you, you know, maybe you catch someone with a with a sucker punch on a night when they're all caught up in, you know, the Hollywood stuff and it's Monday Night Football and we got OBJ and we got Von Miller and we're going to do all this stuff and a team comes out and just methodically just steamrolls you. I don't know that that's going to work every week because teams are going to start looking for it now. No, you're
2: right. You're right. Now Shanahan's a master of the run game plan, that's for sure. So he'll ha- and if they can stay healthy, he'll find a few new wrinkles, you know, to surprise you every week. I mean, look at these plays. It's basically all the same play. It's the same play. I mean, it's basically an inside zone with a guy coming across either strong or weak. The running back's trying to run strong if the second-level linebackers pursue too far, he looks for a cutback lane. It was the same thing all night for the most part. Really was. He had some you know, window dressing and some things that made it look different, but it was really the same blocked running play, play after play after play, with just a few little wrinkles so the Rams couldn't quite expect what to do with it. But I think this is something that we're going to see them continue to try to do because, well, you know, continue to try to do it within reason, like you're talking about. But I think, you know, again, the approach of the game last night, you're playing a Rams team that's, yeah, they're built for the past. Greasy and Lewis Riddick said that last night. They're built for the modern day NFL, they're a smaller defense, they're all about speed. And the 49ers have a big, powerful offensive line. So it was the right approach, and I love how he put Debo Samuel at tailback a whole lot. Hey, Debo Samuel is the best receiver we never talk about. I mean, it is unbelievable. He's definitely one of the five best receivers in the game right now, and I guess because he doesn't do it the traditional way, we kind of just lose track of him at times, Um, but yeah, no, be, it's because he's not playing. It's not. He's it's not, not playing for a, a high end team. Yeah, it's a high That's end. Yeah, is. you're right. You're right. I guess it is. It, I guess it is that. It, it is that. They've kind of got lost in the shuffle here, uh, but hopefully people got to see how talented and versatile he is, uh, because he's he runs like his hair is on fire. I mean, he runs like a physical, bruising running back, except he plays wide receiver and can accelerate like a wide receiver. Um, but I think this is what we're going to see going forward: is them trying to rely on the run a whole lot. And, yes, be picky and choosy to your point about when Jimmy Garoppolo throws or at least to the point where, wow, I got the defense now playing the run so hard. Now I feel good about dropping back and passing, and we got a few plays to gash people in the pass game to go along with it.
1: He had five carries for 36 yards last night and a touchdown and five catches for 97 yards and another touchdown. If my math is correct, and it rarely is, that's 133 yards from scrimmage. He was the star of the night. For the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo was minimized, not like he was in that NFC championship game when he was basically Bob Greasy without the glasses. And yes, Bob Greasy, you can find it. The old pictures of just the big old glasses where being worn during the game. <laughs> Eight throws is what Garoppolo had in that NFC championship, went over the Packers. He had 19 last night, completed 15. Very efficient. And, uh, I, you know, it's hard to find fault with the approach when the approach works um is it sustainable can he can he carry the team to a win on a night when you are playing a defense that isn't built to rush the passer but is built to stop the run that that remains to be seen but for last night it was the perfect game plan the perfect approach and the perfect circumstances for Jimmy Garoppolo to have really strong numbers even though they weren't overwhelming 182 yeah. passing yards that was like hey that's a pretty good game back in 1974 but still it was exactly what they needed to complement their running game. Yeah, no doubt about it. It does and then it allows
2: that right there. You know, again, can we put that little chart up there? That that's what it allows. Now, Garoppolo not the strongest arm, you know, the 49ers don't throw the ball outside the numbers. They don't throw the ball down the field when they were at their best going to the Super Bowl. I bet you Jimmy Garoppolo had a lot of spray charts that look just like this, over the middle, accurate, get the ball out of your hand quick, let the guy run and make a play, you know, because teams are so worried about defending the run, and that's where it was. I mean, they lived over the middle last night, you know, and that—that's where I get to the Rams, where we talk about the McVay Shanahan thing. I want to go. I mean, literally, that might have been one of the only throws all night outside the numbers. It was a five-yard out route to Kittle. I mean, everything we see and what we'll continue to show is over the middle, over the middle, over the middle. And that, to me, was the shocking part of, yeah, Shanahan cracked the code of the Rams, certainly. But, like, I mean, Raheem Morris and McVay, I want to be like, do you know Shanahan and what they do? How do you let the ball go down the middle time after time after time after time and not, at some point, kind of take that away? You know, as much as the approach was so right for the 49ers, man, did I have some issues with what the Rams did as far as their approach to the game plan too? And 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 I know it was a great game for, for Shanahan and company, but I just thought the Rams' approach to the, to their game plan
1: um, was a little head scratching, for for lack of a better way to say it. And they can't say they didn't know a throw was coming. This was an amazing nugget that I saw on the NFL's Next Gen Stats account. Garoppolo finished the game last night with one play action drop back and one drop back from under center he has been in shotgun on 89 of 93 of his dropbacks since week eight wow it was 66 percent over the rest of his career so 96 percent of his dropbacks have been shotgun so there's a you know what basically when when he's not in shotgun he ain't throwing or he's rarely throwing when he lines up under center he's rarely throwing it's going to be a handoff and you see that shotgun formation it almost makes me think of the big Ben tell where the foot's off the ground when he throws and the foots flat when he doesn't but you know it's 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 working it's working for the 49ers at least it was working for one night we'll see they play the Rams again later in the year right and uh, they play other teams that won't that won't defend them the way that the Rams did why, why do you think that the Rams didn't because I heard last night, yeah. they told us all. Raheem Morris knows Kyle Shanahan so well. Yeah. well maybe he's not been paying attention then. Apparently, because it didn't come through in in the defensive game plan. No, I agreed. You know, I mean, again, of
2: course. Hey, when you're running the ball like that, things do get tough. It's it's hard to kind of slow things down. I mean, yeah, you know, they needed to come up with some, you know, some different approach to stopping the run you know, uh, to to at least slow that down. But, you know, constantly the run game was working. It was third and two, third and four, all night long for the 49ers. But here, at a base level, here's two things that jump out to me that I just don't understand. And anybody who watches 49ers games or talks about the 49ers and I watch them on TV, this is the first thing you talk about when you talk about their team. Yes, they throw the ball over. They like to run the ball and throw the ball over the middle. There's no outside the numbers passing game. There's no deep passing game down the field. So, I, so okay, you have to play defense to stop those throws over the middle. You can almost take some chances and leave some things open on the outside. And then the opposite end of that, too, you know, before I get into some of the specifics is all year, everybody's been talking about with what? The 49ers. Their corners aren't good. Their corners aren't good. The Rams never tried to throw at their corners. In fact, they played right into the hands of the 49ers and tried to throw the ball over the middle a majority of the time, overnight. Yeah, throw it over the middle into the two fastest linebackers in football and two safeties that'll knock your head off. Tell me how that's gonna work. So that for me did not make sense. You know, so I thought the approach was wrong. And then, you know, here's here's the other thing I think that bothered me a little bit about the defense. Yeah, you know, again, I, I see we see a lot of short over the middle. You know, short five yards underneath. To me, again, with that weaponry you have at wide receiver, I would have been abusing those corners. They got no-name corners out there right now. Josh Norman is deep in his career. You know, so that made uh not not schematical sense to me. And of course, this is not a great throw you're seeing here from Stafford, but yeah, I think, you know, the the Rams kind of came out I think with a little bit of a cocky approach like, "Hey, we're the Rams and we're going to do what we do and, you know, we don't think you're going to be able to stop us." And of course, the 49ers had something for that. You know, and then on the flip side, Mike uh, like, here's the thing. There's there's two things that bothered me about last night. Okay, first is, you're getting beat in the run. I understand that. But on third down, if you have Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Leonard Floyd, and you still have to rush five people, then something's wrong. You shouldn't be rushing five. They rush five too much. That'd be the first thing I'd tell you. I know it gets one-on-ones. Okay, great. All right, well, maybe they'll double Aaron Donald and the other guys will get one-on-one. Who cares? You know, I would have liked to see, let's have an extra guy in the middle of the field to stop the five-yard over-the-middle slant route last night. That, to me, was one thing. The other thing is this, and we've talked about this before. I, I don't understand why we're paying Jalen Ramsey $20 million a year to play zone. I don't understand it. So last night would have been the night where you go, you know what, we got trouble stopping this team running. You take Debo Samuel, and we're going to play a crazy defense over here that stops the run and stops everything else. That is to me what I did, did not make sense about the game on the defensive side of the ball, especially. And, and again, th- that needs to s- uh, change a little bit. I don't under- understand that at all. Why I, I like Jalen Ramsey, of course, you know that they move him around, it's great. But at some point, it's just got to be, hey, I got you. I'm awesome, like we saw him do last year under Brandon Staley, and that's when their defense took off. And I don't see much of that going on this year right now.
1: There was a moment last night, and it created some anticipation defensively when we saw before the snap, and they pointed it out during the game broadcast, Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller stacked together on the left side, right, rushing the passer. And you know what? They both got neutralized quickly on that play quickly and relatively easily by the 49ers. That's not going to be the case all the time, but I I just, I feel like with the Rams, there's a disconnect between what they actually are and what they think they are. Maybe, maybe. And what you think you are is never going to win a football game. It's never going to secure any success for you in anything that you do. Now it's important to have confidence But when there is that gap between what you perceive yourself to be and what you actually are, that's when you set yourself up for failure. And they have failed miserably the last two games in prime time. Think about what a slap in the face that is to the Rams organization. Sunday night football, Titans come to town without Derrick Henry, and they lose in ugly fashion. Monday night football, they go to take on a team that is struggling. And they know that this is a team that has given them trouble in the past. And it looks like they weren't ready for it. They thought, we're just going to show up. We're the Rams and we're the Kings this year. There's an arrogance that is unwarranted. Let's hear a little bit from Sean McVay as it relates to the relationship that so much was made of. After that bolt from the blue trade happened on the Saturday night in the weekend between the conference championships and the Super Bowl where the Rams got... They got Matthew Stafford, and everything was going to be great. Well, it's not going too great right now. Here's McVeigh last night on Matthew Stafford's performance.
3: You know, he was a little off. I think we were just off as a whole. Uh, you know, certainly I know he expects to be able to play better. He will play better. He can play better. Uh, but I have all the confidence in the world in Matthew Stafford. I have all the confidence in the world in our players, and we've got to play better. They can play better. I know that. I expect that, and that's what I choose to believe as we come back uh, from this bye.
2: First one. You know, they did a nice job peeling with the back, covered Cooper, you know, with some depth from the nickel and um, probably should have just run that ball, you know, maybe uh, out to the right. I don't know if I get anything or throw it away. Um, Just too aggressive, throwing it down the field. Um, You know, shouldn't have done it. Second one, I'm throwing that ball to Higgs just like that every time, uncharacteristic, Um, you know, just something that is hazard to play in the position. Sometimes those things happen. Um, Obviously wish they wouldn't, but... Um, I trust all our guys to make those plays, and, and, um, you know, those those things just happen.
1: All right, I'm going to say something now, and it's probably going to piss some people off, but that would make it a day-ending in why. When Matthew Stafford joined the Rams, and as we got toward the start of the season, and there was this Rams-Super Bowl hype train, my approach was, I just have to see it. Yeah. I've got to see it before I believe it, because... The simple reality, Chris, is this. I don't care how many yards Matthew Stafford has thrown for in his career. It's impressive. Great thrower of the football, as you would say. But being a successful quarterback in the NFL requires something a little bit more. And when you tolerate 12 seasons of suck in Detroit, when you're there for the full 12 years and there's never a sense of, I demand more. There's never a sense of, if they're not going to make it better around here, I'm getting the hell out, until you've put 12 years into it. There's there's always been something missing in Matthew Stafford's intangibles as a quarterback, in his kick-ass-and-take-names, in his daddy's-home-and-everyone's-in-trouble kind of vibe that other great franchise quarterbacks have, the accountability that other quarterbacks bring to the team. I don't think he ever brought it to Detroit. I I remember the the light bulb first flickered for me when they were struggling in a year when Reggie Bush was on the team and Reggie Bush already had a Super Bowl ring from his time with the Saints and Reggie Bush suggested a players only meeting and Stafford said, Nah, we don't need that. Wait a minute, a guy who's been to the top of the mountain? He, he comes in as a stranger, he sees what's been going on here, and he, uh, he recognizes that maybe it's time for the players to take ownership of this crap show, and the starting quarterback doesn't want to do it. So, look, not everyone's wired to be that guy, but, but I don't think Stafford's that guy. I don't think he ever has been, and I don't think he ever will be. And As long as everything's going fine, it's not an issue. I mention all that because now they've stumbled into this hole yeah, and they have 12 days to turn it around and go play the Packers. I'm going to be very curious to see a a stadium that Matthew Stafford knows very well, a team that he knows very well. I'm going to be curious to see if it's just I'm, I'm looking for something from him that that I've been waiting for. That I don't know, at some point you just say it ain't there. No, no, you're it's, not, it's that it's you're that right. it's that you're right. The Tom Brady primal scream. it's yeah. Peyton Manning with that pissed off look on his face. It's Russell Wilson with his laser focus. It's you know, and even Aaron Rodgers, while he's he's different about it, there's something behind the eyes with those guys. Sure, that I don't think is there with Matthew Stafford. Am I wrong?
2: No, no, you're not wrong. I I, I don't I don't disagree with you there. Yeah, there's a there's a pissed offness. Sorry. Leicester, like that Leicester, I added them into (laughs) this. Very well done. You know, there is that a little bit. Leicester from Leicester, first (laughs) time, long time. Yeah, there's a a lack of that that you see from Rodgers or Brady or Peyton Manning, you know, I mean, again, yeah, Aaron Rodgers not always our favorite with some of the things he does, but he, he holds everybody accountable on that offense and that organization. He's certainly not afraid to speak his mind or yell at some people while they're you know on the field to let you know who the damn general is. Yeah, there's not that's not there for Matthew Stafford, and I think you know. To, so you don't waste any more time in your life? I don't think we're going to get there with it either. We're not. He's not that guy.
1: All right, I waste enough with you. Yeah,
2: exactly. He's not that guy. You know, he's not. No, he's a really talented football player. He's not going to be the sergeant general that's going to light a fire under the offense and get everybody going. Somebody else has got to do that for him a little bit. But when the machine is rolling, you know, and things are good, he, of course, can play at a level as good as anybody in the sport. So yeah, that's an aspect that you're you're gonna miss from him certainly. Uh, I I don't de- I don't deny that, and I don't think that Sean McVay is gonna be able to get that out of him. Now you don't have to be that guy though to win Super Bowls. We know that. I mean Eli Manning won two of them. I, I don't know. I never saw his face change in, in in his whole career. It was the same face always. Didn't matter. We've seen other guys too that have been successful. Won, you know, won a lot of games and that. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. There's something that. You know, you'd like to see, like, you know, the first interception last night. It's not the worst. It wasn't the worst. Okay, it was bad. It was like a, a big punt, basically, down the field. You know, the second one, not his fault. But at some point, I think what you're saying is you'd like to see him come off the sideline and be pissed at everybody. Start MFing people, saying, what the hell are we doing? Why are we asleep at the wheel? Let's, you know, F and go and all of that kind of stuff. That's what we're talking about. And I hear you there. I'd like to see a little bit more of that as well. I just uh, – I, I don't think we're going to see it. I think that's going to be on McVeigh, and he have to be on somebody else on that offense to kind of uh, be that lightning lightning rod.
1: It's the what the hell's going on out here vibe, and I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I mean, we saw some of it from Jalen Ramsey last night. Yeah, right. Touchdown that put right. the 49ers up 20-7. to seven, But, you know, when Odell Beckham Jr. was in New York and his quarterback was yeah. flatline, no personality – he was Although, that guy a Eli little. He's got a great personality. Odell was the one who filled the void right. to try to get the engine started on the days when you needed someone to come to the sideline, rip his helmet off, and say what the bleep is going on out exactly. there because Eli never was going to do it, and Matthew Stafford is never going to do it. No. And that's what's going to be interesting to watch is Odell Beckham Jr. gets more comfortable. If they have another night like that, will he be the one who starts doing the stuff that he used to do with the Giants? My guess is he probably won't because he knows it'll be such a focal point. See, I just... The, hey, showtime doesn't work in the NFL. And we all kind of got caught up in it because it's fun. Just like Cam Newton, two touchdowns and nine snaps on Sunday. We're going to talk about him coming up. It's fun. But fun doesn't win football games. Fun, fun is the thing that happens when... It's otherwise working and you're winning. You know, the the fancy plays from the Chiefs don't feel the same when the Chiefs aren't good. When they're good, it's great. When they're not good, it's like, yeah, it's kind of forced and you haven't really earned the right to go out there and have fun. I think the, the Rams have put the cart of fun ahead of the horse of football, if that makes any sense. And, you know, all these big trades, all these big moves, Teddy, K- Teddy KGB splashing the pot. They haven't won a game since then. Yeah, they haven't won a game. Right. They were seven and one. Right, and they haven't won a game since they went all in to get Von Miller, and they go all in again and shock everyone by getting OBJ. And there's a there's a, and I don't know, I don't know that they're aware of it. They got twelve days to figure it out and get back to the meat and potatoes. And there was another clip last night that I saw from Sean McVay where. He's kind of got an edge to him that is unwarranted by the fact that he just got his ass kicked, and I guarantee you we're going to turn around and we're going to be fine. Well, nothing we've seen over the last three hours makes us believe that, Sean. What makes you believe it? Yeah. So we'll see what they can do.
2: No, we'll see what they can do. You're right. I mean, this is a big moment. Again, we, we expected some bumps in the road here from the Rams this year. Really what happened through the first eight weeks is we saw very little bumps in the road, so I think we got like, well – Oh, okay. They, I guess they're not going to go through that like the Bucks did last year. They're going through it right now. You know, uh, again, I know there's some things to be concerned about, but let's not be. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, I, I know I, I'm talking to myself here a little bit, and I'm talking to you because you're my friend. Like, let's not be too overreactionary. I do think there's still a lot of talent on the team. I think they can reactionary. I know it's not
1: overreaction. I know it's it's not react to.
2: Well, I'm saying, I'm saying again, the body of work for the year still says they're a good football team. I know the last two weeks have not been good. You know, it's a crazy year in the NFL. It's the craziest we can ever remember. The craziest. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's hard to pick games straight up, let alone pick spreads and things like that. I've never been a part of anything like it. It's amazing. It's hard to know. Um, but I'm not going to give up on them. It's happened
1: like that. It did it's happen like that. that. That's
2: what's scary. That, that's what's crazy is it's happened like that. The bye week, I think, is coming just at the right time. They're going to figure out what they want to do or their approach going forward here. I would bet you there's a new attitude. I bet you McVay is not going to be as cool to the team over the next 12 days. It's not going to be like, hey, things are positive. We're making moves. Let's go. And I bet you he, you know, puts the red hot poker to all of their butts a little bit. And, you know, you know, you talked about it like the uh, I, I, your showtime doesn't work in the NFL. All right. So I know you're, you're, it's going to be interesting to see. All right. Because we saw the Bucks last year and that was kind of showtime ish, right? And they won the Super Bowl. But I think through history. You know, you're probably right. Now, Pete has gotten my ears and he goes, well, what about the Cowboys of the 90s or the Rams and the greatest show on turf or the Chiefs a few years ago? And what I would tell Pete is go, yeah, that's different though. See, that was a team that was brought together and they grew together. This is we're grabbing a piece from here and grabbing a piece from there and grabbing a piece from there and putting it all together and go, we're going to make it work this year. So, So that's where. Right. And now Pete's saying the, the Broncos. Right. I get that. There were some free agents there. It was also an unreal defense that brought Tim Tebow to an AFC division. I'm talking playoff about. I'm talking I know what you're talking treating about. You're this right. like it's the Lakers. Exactly. The, I know what you're style saying. Style over style. I'm substance. telling Pete to shut up and I hear you. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm telling Pete to shut up. Not you. I'm right. You're right. Yeah. I'm with you. So shut up, Pete. But. <laughs> I know the point you're saying, and you're right. That's what's going to be interesting going forward. You're right. This is Lakers. This is the modern-day NBA super team type of thought, and we haven't seen this much in the NFL, and it's going to be a great psychological experiment here to see going forward if they can pull it all together and check egos at the door and just be a real good team and not a
1: bunch of individuals. And and it's very appropriate that you mention the Buccaneers because they kind of had the super team vibe last year. Right. I'll give them that. Right. But but they found a way to pull it together right. and one of the reasons they were able to pull it together yes. is because they had a quarterback in general who was willing to take over yeah. who right. held the players more accountable than the coaching staff did and you had to answer to Tommy if you had the screen pass in your hands that popped up into the air that was picked off by Jimmy Ward and returned for a touchdown cuz that's going on in my stats not your stats, Higby. Yeah. You know. you, you yeah, be, I hear you. One, one of the great motivators of human beings, and this is one of the areas where I say, let's set aside the obsession with numbers and analytics, and let's be real. One of the great motivators of human beings is fear. 100%. And if on the football field, you have in your brain fear of what is going to be said to you when you go to the sideline after you f up you're less likely to no doubt when you when you have a healthy dose of the accountability that is coming because the quarterback is going to get in your face or you know you're going to go into the film room get your ass reamed the next day right by a teammate right Not by the coach but by a teammate one of your peers. That's going to motivate you to not make that mistake to secure the football when it comes your way. Or, or you know, the quarterback's going to say, "Put that guy on the bench and give me somebody else." I mean, that that's why I keep harping on this Stafford thing cuz without that that element, it's harder to work through these moments of adversity and these flashes of somebody doing something stupid they they're, they're going to be more likely to happen.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, listen. I mean, the, the greatest th- team we've ever seen in the history of football, they had that in fact, the most great dynasties had it. I mean, the Patriots, of course, I mean, Tom Brady was, you know, massaged into that. It was in him, but it all started with, you know, kind of what you're saying. Like, I mean, we're coming off the sideline, Belichick and Charlie Weiss and Josh McDaniels and Romeo Connell, they're going to rip our butts apart here for the way we're playing. And they're going to kill us in the meeting tomorrow. We better play. Fear is real. I mean, Jimmy Johnson was no Boy Scout leader with the Cowboys. Bill Parcells and my dad. My dad's still scared of Bill Parcells. If Bill Parcells <laughs> called him and said, give me 10, dad would get on the ground in this kitchen and be like, okay, coach, okay. He's still scared of him. Bill Walsh, the 49ers were scared to death of him. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Chuck Knoll. Everybody. I mean, Terry Bradshaw couldn't even play football for the first five years of his career. He was so scared of him. So, you know, you're right about that. And I don't know. You know who that's going to be within the Rams because it does seem like it's just all cool right now. It's cool, it's cool. We're going to vibe together, put the cultures together, and you know the culture together. We'll see, we'll see. I'm not going to give up on it yet though because let's not forget the Bucks team last year. It wasn't until about what was it, week 14, right? Until after they got it, yeah. So right. let's see if the Rams let's let's give the Rams a few more weeks here and after the bye and see what they come out looking like. And I think then we can trash them or put them on a pedestal and we'll see where it goes
1: I, i'm just i'm just curious about some of the conversations going to be happening behind the scenes that we're not going to be privy to where maybe somebody approaches matthew stafford and says hey here's what i think we need to do and he says now nah, we're good now nah, we're just playing football now nah, we're fine now nah, we don't need to do that now nah, we don't need to do that's it's, it's it's this is this is a fascinating case study in a different kind of approach to putting together a team yeah high expectations they've hit their road bumps let's see how they how they go from here here's how we go from here and you know that's a good talk 47 minutes let, 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 let me tell you we were with matt rule at the scouting combine in 2020 and we thought he lied to us when he said how much he's looking forward to coaching cam newton turns out he was just about 18 months ahead of his time <laughs> because he has a plan for coaching cam newton and we're yes. going to discuss it next on pft live
0: Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the o fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
1: Cam Newton getting it done on Sunday with only nine snaps. He accounted for two touchdowns. Will he have more than nine snaps on Sunday when Washington comes to town? Matt Rule, coach of the Carolina Panthers, discussed yesterday the plan for bringing Cam Newton along after that great debut in his return to the team.
3: I want everything that Cam brings. I don't want Cam light, you know, I want I want full Cam. I, I think what we're going to do, you know, we'll give Cam most of the reps this week. You know, PJ will get reps, obviously. You know, as, as you know as as he, as he always has, but I will give Cam most of the reps and try to get him as uh, you know as brought up to speed as possible. Um, I thought he did a great job last week. You know, having ten plays that he was kind of ready for ten to fifteen. You know, um, so you know we'll 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 start getting him ready, and if, if he's ready to start, great. And uh, if it's a you know if he's not quite ready yet to do everything, then you know obviously PJ's available. It feels like the vibe, the energy, in the city has kind of changed since Cam's arrival. You said how 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 what am I how how, how conscious are like how much about do you feel about about the vibe in the community? Well, I took my daughter to the daddy daughter dance, and I had uh, two on Friday night, and I had a two little girls, five and seven, come up and ask me if I was the coach of the Panthers, and I said yes, yes, I am. And then they said, "Is is Cam really back?" So. Um, I'm assuming if that's being brought up, the daddy daughter dance is probably being brought up everywhere. <laughs> that's
1: pretty good. Oh, that's uh, good. I like that. <laughs> it, it definitely is. I mean, look, yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. It's exactly what the Panthers needed as David Tepper does his franchise quarterback wheel of fortune. And they lost with Teddy Bridgewater, and they lost with Sam Darnold. Now they got to get through the rest of the season, and who knows what next year will bring. But at least for now, it's exciting. It makes them relevant. We're talking about an otherwise not very interesting team because of Cam Newton's presence. But Chris, it dawned on me last night because when I when I do the power rankings, I try to add a line that is maybe a little funny, maybe a little snarky, maybe a little insightful. No, and not what you. occurred to me, yeah. what it, what. It, <laughs> What occurred to me as to the Panthers is this should not be about Cam Newton learning the Joe Brady offense. This should be about Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator of the Panthers, learning the Cam Newton offense. Am I right or am I wrong?
2: You're right. I'm I'm with you. I mean, I think there's, you know, first off, we've talked about it for a few weeks, right? That that it looks, it feels like, you know me, I'm Ron Jaworski. I watched the film that teams have caught on to the Joe Brady offense. Now, it's great Christian McCaffrey's back. Of course, he gave them a, you know, a jolt last week with his running and catching out of the backfield. But, you know, yes, there needed to be another wrinkle to that offense. It was too easy. There's too many games the last four or five weeks where I go, the defenders are running the routes for the wide receivers. They know what's coming. So, yes, that's where Cam Newton can be very valuable. Is he can add another element that you have to defend within that offense that's going to change them, let alone like something, you know, I talked about on my podcast a little yesterday. And we've, you and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, we know this for a fact, right? Cam Newton is got an energy and an aura about him that gives the rest of the team energy, gives the locker room energy. You know, he is one of those guys, again, when he's in the locker room, you go, oh, he's our quarterback? Oh, we got a chance to win this week. You know, we heard it over and over in New England. I know it didn't end the greatest way in New England, but all they ever did was praise his work ethic and his passion and energy that he brought to the practice field, the locker room, the meetings every day, and that raised the level of the rest of the team. And they were kind of like, You know, I don't know, just treading water in the in the deep end where you just go, I don't know. There just you know, there seems to be a lack of life about them as of late. And he brought some life to that football team yesterday or two days ago. And I know even Christian McCaffrey made a comment, I believe, after the game, like he he's never been around a guy like Cam Newton. Never in his life has he ever seen a guy that just has that type of personality and people gravitate towards and all of that. So there's something to be said about that, and I think you're right. You know, this might be a a big-time move for them to kind of help them get over the hump here.
1: That's why he was available for so long. Yesterday, Shereen Williams and I were talking about it on PFTPM, and we kicked around the idea that other teams may now be regretting not pursuing him. The problem is you needed to have the planets line up just perfectly starting quarterback gone for an extended period of time due to injury or because you just decided you're done with this guy right and and which is a little of both Both, I think in Carolina and and you you need someone to come in to whom you are handing the keys not for a few weeks like Geno Smith in Seattle while they wait for Russell Wilson to come back because that was the first team that called Cam Newton you need a situation where you are throwing him the keys and you are saying, drive us out of this mess. And, and that's what the, Pan- the Panthers were the first team to check all those boxes. And if it wasn't the Panthers, who knows who else it would have been? Because, Chris, the deeper you get into the season, the greater the temptation to just say, we're going with the guy who's here that we know. Yeah. The guy that right. knows our offense. The guy that knows our system. Next man up. We, 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 we don't have the time to stop everything we're doing and either change our offense or teach our offense to a guy who doesn't know it. But when the backup to Sam Darnold is former XFL quarterback, PJ Walker, no disrespect at all intended. It's easier to say, you know what, instead of next man up, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and sign the guy who's waiting come in and transform a locker room and bring the kind of energy that he right. brings that makes him unattractive as a backup but makes him very attractive as the starter. Yeah, that, that that's exactly right. You know, it, it's it's a move, it's a guy that
2: gives the team belief. It, you know, again, PJ Walker, he's fine player. I like him. You know, he might be a starting quarterback for a team one day and and you know, do some successful things. At the very least, I think he's a, a pretty high-end backup quarterback. I do think that. He's a good athlete. He doesn't lose control of the football. You know, he can make all the throws within reason. I mean, he's not going to like wow us with lasers around the field, but he's he's good from that standpoint. But Cam does a different has a different, you know, just energy he brings to a football team. Always has, always will. Let alone I think, you know, with the way their teams built, it makes sense schematically. You know, we've seen the last two two weeks or three weeks, and I know they lost to the Patriots in between the Falcons' win and, of course, Arizona, but they basically have gotten into, like, we're going to run the ball and play through our defense, period. Their defense is special. It's talented. It's better than statistically it's even ranked. I mean, it just goes into the old adage of, like, when the offense is off the field every three plays, like we always talk about, you know, you're, the dam is going to break at some point. There's only so long the defense can be great for it is a great defense, and now you got a Cam Newton who gives the whole team positive vibes, energy. They can play through the run game a little bit more and manage the game that way. It just makes a lot of sense in a lot of different ways, and I'm excited to see it. I'm excited for the Carolina Panthers. I'm excited for Cam Newton. It hasn't been easy the last two years, uh, but I think you said it right, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But you know, they got some winnable games on the schedule coming up here. You know, you look at them, Washington football team. And of course, Ron Rivera and all that. The Miami Dolphins the week after that. They got a bye week and then the Atlanta Falcons. They can win three in a row, easy, and be sitting here at eight and five. And we can go, wow, the Panthers are a legit playoff football team. So, uh, that's what I'm excited to see as we go forward here.
1: Most of the leaves are off the trees. Thanksgiving is just nine days away. There's usually that team that's hovering around 500 one of those teams out there, and maybe it'll be multiple teams this year that get hot and start stringing together wins in December, and they carry that urgency into the postseason. That's what we need to be on the lookout for, and one of the ingredients for a team that gets in as a wild card is having a great quarterback, and if Cam Newton stays healthy, that's the key, the wear and tear. Can he stay healthy for half of a season? Can he perform at a high level? Will they Will they adapt their offense to him in a way that makes sense? A lot of questions still, but it's fun. It's exciting. And uh, so far it's been pretty successful. Those two touchdowns with only nine snaps. He was three for four passing for eight yards and a touchdown, but he had a 33-yard pass interference also on a deep throw that he made. Three carries for 14 yards and a touchdown, and we'll see if they can get the win. But uh, very very many reasons to be excited about the Panthers after they started three and zero. They fell off. Now, you know it's it's just amazing. It just shows you how much changes during the course of a football season. Because there was a time in late September, early October, where we thought, "Wow, Sam Darnold." Has, I know, he's right? figured it out, right? Stupid Jets, stupid Jets. You did it again. No, no. I mean, and all due respect to Sam, they they recognize that. And and that's hey, David Tepper is just going. From guy to guy, until he gets a chance to go all in for somebody high in the draft or or trade for an established veteran, he's he's going to roll the dice on these different quarterbacks, and he's going to pay a lot of money to guys who aren't playing for the team Man, anymore, is, like a right. lot to Teddy Bridgewater, $18 million next year to Sam Darnold, offset by whatever he makes elsewhere, and then he'll keep going. But for now, he, I think he just settle in and enjoy this vibe as the Panthers try to take one of the playoff spots in the NFC, and we get to see more of Cam Newton screaming i'm back to the world that's fun it and fun. sometimes sometimes it's it's good to have some fun it's also it's also fun when coaches say that they didn't say something that they said and we can show you the video evidence of the thing that they said that they now say they didn't say if that makes no sense to you it will after we return and we let you hear what bruce Arians said monday about what he claims he didn't say on sunday even though he said it more pft
0: live right after this